0: Welcome to the Talking to Ourselves podcast. I am Omid Farhang, founder of Majority. Today, we got a good guest host edition for you. The guest host is Paul Cayozo, founder of Supernatural. He's one of the most recognized and awarded advertising creatives. His work has been parodied multiple times on SNL, praised by Al Gore, debated on CNN, and displayed in the Smithsonian and the Museum of Modern Art. In his current role as founder of Supernatural, Paul uses artificial intelligence plus creativity to get brands as much attention as possible. He's worked at many great agencies. He was ECD at Goodby, New York. Uh, His early career was spent at Crispin Porter Bogusky where we first met and became very close friends to this day. Paul's guest is David Kolbitz, Chief Creative Officer at Orchard. Before that, Chief Creative Officer at Droga 5 London. Before that, ECD at Wyden Kennedy. Few creatives today garner more respect for their work than David, including his old boss, David Droga, who described David as one of the world's very best creative leaders. He has worked on some of the biggest brands in the world, including Coke, Amazon, Facebook, Axe, The Gap. He did the Ocean Spray Wiggle Spot, which is maybe the best of the year. He did the Guardian Three Little Pigs film, which is one of the best of all time. This is... Paul Cayozo and David Colvitz talking to themselves. Uh, any questions before I turn it over to you guys?
1: No, I don't think so. Uh, the only, it's like I mean, it seems like you're pretty easy with whatever gets recorded apart from those last three questions. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, that I was just mentioning to Paul, if there was, uh, I was curious if you had any stated ambitions for what you wanted to get out of this or, but yeah, um, if it's just a good conversation, then it, we should be good to go, I guess.
0: I know for this is people who are at agencies who were, you know, you 15 years ago, people who are ambitious. Some people are working at great places. A lot of people are working at not so great places and they're seeking mentorship or advice. The best way I can describe this podcast is, you know, David, you probably get maybe 10 LinkedIn notes a week from strangers asking you for coffee. And what's in it for them is really apparent. And what's in it for you is like, so I'm just having coffee with strangers 10 times a week. Like, this is just not going to work for me. So, this is that coffee. You know, this is. Right, right, right. That's
1: good context. That's
0: helpful context. Okay. Um, I'll do an intro. I'll I'll, uh, separate of this. I record an intro that gushes over the both of you. So, you guys can essentially skip that. And, uh, Paul, David, over to you. Great. Thank you.
2: Okay, I'm going to start with the um, the standard questions of, of this podcast.
1: Sure. Where are you from? Uh, I am from Canada. I was born in Ottawa, uh, Canada, uh, North America. What? <laughs> what did your parents do? <laughs> okay. <laughs> That was like, that was a lot of buffer for that, that one. I was just, I didn't know whether I was supposed to, uh, I can, I can go deeper. Um, no, as soon as you said, Nippian, Canada, Nippian. I think most of us tuned out. That's right. 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 So that was your eyes glazing over. I'm from, uh, when well, the uh, is a suburb of, of Ottawa, the greater, the greater Ottawa area, government town. Um, okay. And what did your parents do for, for work or in general? Um, see, if you'd ask me both of those questions, then what I could have done is had one flow into the other as a monologue because I could, because a government town and I could have been like my, of which b- both my parents were, were, were government employees. One, uh, worked in human resources for, uh, uh Commonwealth secretariat among other things. And then my dad was a, uh, a Catholic high school principal. Um, but he was also a teacher before that. Interesting.
2: Okay. I didn't know that. Did you not? I didn't know he was a teacher and a principal, which does make a little bit more sense in where you've gotten your sort of analytical background from. Oh,
1: right. No, that wasn't that. No, you just
2: <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Don't, sorry. Rob me. don't rob me of my revelations two seconds into the podcast. I'm just,
1: sorry, but it's it's also it's incumbent upon me to correct you when you uh, make a, a, a false connection. Absolutely. I actually uh, knew him as a teacher. I only ever knew him as a it's interesting, isn't it? Because I was like, okay, I guess he was a teacher first and he was in education. I suppose I should say he was in education because that covers the uh like the the entire uh spectrum of roles. But yeah, no, I only ever knew him. Actually I knew him as he was a vice principal when I was born. Okay. And, and then he became a principal. I'm
2: gonna I'm gonna wheel this into to advertising now. Sure what did you want to be when you grew up
1: oh um uh it was it was it was uh something related to uh the, the create- the creative uh the uh the creative creative industries basically it it, it changed I was um I, it was always it was always some artistic discipline but then it it just it it just it whatever um uh, whatever I happened to be chasing at any given time was the was the thing I was most interested in becoming. And I think you know, advertising sort of allows you to be that right—all those different things. That's absolutely true. You, you, one of the great things about it is you can wear so many different hats and be so many different people and speak on behalf of so many different brands um, at so many different occasions. So, to the
2: meat of this thing, to the to the to the meaty center. Hmm. Or, or to the beginning of the Media Center, you were good at this sort of right away. You know, like, uh, your first work is good. I'm sure you were good, pretty good the second you started doing this. Did you know that at that time, or did you feel this kind of insecurity that a lot of people probably feel?
1: I think everyone believes that, like, you wouldn't put yourself out there if you didn't think that you had the the ability to do it. I think everyone believes, everyone has a degree of confidence uh, it's 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 levels, isn't it everyone's got uh confidence but then also self-doubt and it just and the the levels go up and down based on um where you are in your career and sometimes uh the levels are uh sometimes the self-confidence is too high uh where the feelings of insecurity should be greater um and uh, uh and sometimes it's reversed but if you get it right, that's the ticket isn't it
2: And we've we've talked about this over text, which I think introduces, um, I've written down a lot of the things I've asked you over the years over text. The answers have changed? um, You know, things that I needed direct help with or, or mentorship or something. There aren't a lot of people that I go to with those questions. So I think this is a wonderful opportunity to share these answers with the world. And I think one of the questions I've asked you in the past was, about what you chose to focus on in your career, given that you know you're obviously better than you were on the first ad you've ever made, but it, it wasn't creativity what, what, what you needed to build. Like, so what, what did you choose to focus on over the years that got you to where you are today?
1: Right. Well, I think what what's it, it's it's interesting that uh, you you uh, you have to it's it's almost a. Um, Subliminal shift over the different stages of your career, isn't it? Because you start focusing on one thing, and the first thing that I just wanted to do was make a lot of work so that I could learn the right way to do it and the wrong way to do it. And the only thing that I was operating on was instinct and taste, based on uh, the things that I that I'd consumed and seen over over all those years where I wasn't actively uh, creating or at least being paid to create. Um. And, uh, and so you start doing that and you get better at that. And then you move on to another thing, uh, an- another, uh, like selling or strategy or, uh, craft, all these, these, these other, uh, elements of the job that come into play. And basically just over the course of your career, you're picking off, uh, you're, you're getting better at one thing and then moving on to the next thing and then moving on to the other thing. And then the, the aggregate effect is you become a, uh, a better, well-rounded, Um, creative business person uh, in totality. Does that stack up with the answer that I gave before?
2: Yeah. Yeah. You, the answer you gave via text, I think was something around you focused on your ability to curate ideas. Oh. And your ability to recognize good work because you knew you could create it. So you, you focused on almost curating yourself. Like, what is a good idea? How right. do like, I need to march towards that? What are the components of a good idea? A- and how do I replicate that over and over as I grow? And then how do I recognize that in others? That's you know, interesting.
1: Was that specifically related to when I started creative creative directing?
2: I'm not sure uh, uh, the the what, where how the question was asked. I think we were talking about our early work, and both of us made good early work. Mm-hmm. Um and we were discussing like the difference in how we've managed our careers since then. Like right. you have been analytical, studied, um, d- deliberate, and I have been like momentum based. I, I, I'm like a whirling dervish over tables, running, table flipping, and bridge burning versus uh, studious uh, commitment and respect. <laughs> So Yeah, I think that does help. And I think it helped me to hear, it helped me to hear somebody that was focusing on the long term, ever. Right. You know, we tend to not think of our careers as 20-year, 20 25-year things. And and it sounded like you were thinking about the longevity.
1: Well, it's interesting you say focus. I was never focused on the long term. I was conscious of the long term. I was aware of the long term. But I was always very focused on what was right right ahead of me. I, I was just uh conscious of the fact that there was uh um spheres of influence and uh and and the 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 work that i did was going to uh, have um was going to fan out and the repercussions of the things that i did would be uh felt uh over time and that it was probably wise to plan accordingly
2: where what piece of work do you feel like it all came together for you
1: Oh, uh, I mean, the. I, I think the first, or the, this, I, I did some, uh, some work for um, a, a sponsorship of a film festival for AGF, um, a mutual fund company in Canada, uh, back when I was at TBWA in Toronto. And that was the first time that it felt like the thing that was in my head was stacking up with what was being realized on, uh, on film.
2: And that process of of realizing that then and realizing it now, can you talk through your process from sort of inception to completion? I realize that's a long process, but what like, what are what is your intention and your agenda and your goal
1: through that creative process to end up where you end up? Oh my my intention, I'm going to lose the, my train of thought, so you're going to have to remind me and, and recalibrate. My intention when I start anything, is to answer the brief that I'm given, whether that and that, that does not necessarily mean take the, the words verbatim as they're printed on the page and or, or spoken to me, but just to to listen to and understand what the business problem is and come up with the most uh, creative, surprising and enjoyable way to uh, communicate that message to people in an attempt to transform their behavior and get them to buy a product or service or feel a particular way about uh, about a brand.
2: And once you have that strategy, which that sounds like the strategy part, what's your process through the creative part, even as a creative director or, or when you were a creative? However you worked then or now, I think all would be beneficial.
1: So uh, I've always worked very very closely with closely with strategy and uh has always been an integral part of the uh, the creative process for me and so like uh Laura and I at my uh at, at Orchard at my Orchard uh where uh we 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 work in lockstep um she's almost like an ex- extension of 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 my brain and i hers and the reason we work so well together is because I've all, this is the way that I've always thought I've always had these conversations internally with myself. And now I have them with, with Laura. Um, uh, and so when, when you say that strategy, I, I, it's never been strategy that uh, I I don't feel like I, I compartmentalize strategy and go, Oh, now we've got the strategy time to move on to creative. They sort of work in tandem, uh, from the, from the very moment I'm thinking creatively, but also strategically, about whatever problem i'm presented with and i think uh frequently my first reaction my gut reaction or the or the way that i'm responding to a problem um is 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 something that's very um uh spiritual and instinctive and it feels like uh, i have a um uh, a connection to the problem or i try and fix uh, a fix myself to the problem or the the target group um that I meant to be speaking to and sort of putting, put, put myself in the shoes of, of, uh, the consumer who might be, uh, buying the product or using the service and, and, and try and kind of think of what, what I would be engaged with, uh, and what would compel me to, 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 to change my, uh, my behavior to increase purchase intent.
2: And what about the actual the creative part? What's your process through to arrive at something people haven't seen before? Which I'd say categorizes most of your work over the years—like wildly creative, but effective and and um, and strategic.
1: Uh, Well, thank you. Uh, I I think the process, because because I think it's interesting. You're actually making me think about uh, the the why, which is a really good thing. Why I do? Why I take in so much? Of what I do. And I guess I've never really thought about it in the context of, uh, I've always thought of it as inputs for my own creativity, but I've actually never thought about it in terms of the uh, evaluative process of other people's work or my own work. But I suppose um, having such a a deep bench of knowledge, some would would say I, I know too much about too many little things, uh, but it actually helps me evaluate the work, so that uh, we aren't creating anything that feels particularly stale or repeatable. So it's if interesting. I've always thought about everything that I do—watch, see, smell, enjoy—as as being inputs, but really, it actually works quite well as an elimination tool.
2: From the outside, I I what I see is someone that takes in culturally, intellectually more than anyone that I can you know far more than anyone that I can think of. So your your ability to absorb things and interesting things is is unprecedented. And then you act as like almost like a a filter, like your brain is the filter it runs through, which has a marketing mind. It's like a like almost like a computer, and I. Like, I've often thought over the years, like, I, it's just not, someone can't replicate that process. You can't take, you can't cr- teach yourself to take in, you know, 17 art exhibits and six
1: books and four movies a week. No, you that's, have to want to. <laughs> you have to be built for it. You have to really want to. Yeah, it has to be. It's part of my operating system. Like, it, it's, it's, it's funny, like, oh, uh, like, oh <clears throat> and that's the hardest thing to explain to people. Um, and like I, I still have to do it. like even the people who I work with, I, I have to apologize for going to an ex- exhibit or going going to like it's like you, you have to because people don't see it as because most people don't use the cultural world uh as a as a tool really like the, 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 you get what I'm saying, right? I Am do. A, I, yeah.
2: I, I very much do. And it's something I, that
1: is- I relate to it differently than most people. Most people think of it as, as leisure time. And yeah. I don't think of it as leisure time. I think of it as um, uh, essential material for my, uh, for my creative and professional grow- growth. Uh, I enjoy it, but it is also work and. Uh, and most people don't see it as as such, and so I frequently have to apologize for it, which is funny.
2: I It's always been shocking to me that a lot of creative people don't have necessarily creative interests. Like they, they like the movies that most people like, and they like the music that most people like. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's not a snot, snobby statement. But if you want to spend your life, if your job is to make things people haven't seen before, it's awfully hard to do that if everything you're taking in is what everyone else is taking in.
1: Well, the interesting thing is, I think we we look at my brand of creativity as being, or so, uh, some people will, will look at my brand of Creativity, or the thing that I do, as being an idealized version of the thing. But there's many different ways to do our job, and there's and and it does like there's many many different people. Like you can make ads without them having to be super creative, and that can be a job, and you can do that. And and it's interesting those the people who do those jobs and don't make creativity and taking in creativity and um, applying it to the things they do and an integral part of, of what it is that they do, they they're 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 often considered uh less than in the eyes of the elite creative community. But really the the job that they do is is just as as valuable but different. Um and I feel I feel like it's 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 not my particular brand of creativity, and it's not particularly the thing that I hold up as being uh, the type of work that I'd want to make. But it, it definitely has its place, and it definitely has its value. Uh, and um, not everyone has to operate the same way that I do. It's it's uh, I'm very specific, and in, in many ways, it's it's my my lifestyle and the way that I choose to to take things in and, and process them is, 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 actually not desirable from a, from a.
3: Well, it's a, it's an always on, right? Like that's one
1: thing you are always going. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and and, that's, and a lot of people look at that as actually uh, from a lifestyle perspective is a bad thing.
2: Well, it's got to be hard to maintain, but I mean, from a job perspective, it's not a bad thing because you're
1: committed fully. I think it's hard to maintain for someone who's not built for that, but it's, it's from, for me, it's the opposite. It's like, it's harder to, to stop harder to not be like this. Cause it's inorganic to who I am as a person. Um, I have to do this. It's like, it's harder for me to go a week without culture. Um, it's harder for me to to, to spend a, a week in the woods uh, <laughs> ascribing to the idealized notions of staring <laughs> off into the horizon line and being at peace. I find that uh, anxiety-inducing. Oh, the, worst. the worst. What do you do there? Um, I like a day of nature. Just give me uh, like 24 hours. I get a little bit twitchy. I it's, think- funny, it's funny that people think of that as a sad 24 hours is a lot of hours in nature. You know what I mean. You know what I mean. It's like, I mean, eight of those are sleeping sometimes. I don't that hours, but
2: you know. As long as it takes to look at the thing is where I'm at. Like, oh, a tree. That was nice. Yeah, you know, it's a good tree. On, yeah. on let's move on. Um, so I think for me, as I I obviously we've been texting for I think decades at this point. But for me the things that were shocking uh, over the years was okay, David is incredibly strategic. Cuz when you look at your work it's very strange. It's you know, but it's it's incredibly strategic. It follows all of the all of the rules and the business applications and all of those things that you you wouldn't expect of someone that's so blisteringly creative. And I think moving on to the different parts of the process, you've had really strong and helpful views everywhere throughout the creative process. Going from strategy into into, um, creative and into production and all that, do do you have a a tried and true method for sort of getting people excited about an idea, selling a difficult idea, making everyone on the team get behind it?
1: Uh, I mean, everything's
3: uh uh I don't I think every every idea is let me think about this I don't really put a lot of energy into
1: sales strategy, I think I think I just. And I think this is evidenced by, I mean, you've probably seen, you've probably come close enough to the, my creative process that you recognize that I don't really look at answers as being particularly different, difficult or in need of sale. I think when I get to what I think is the right answer, I think of it as almost an, as, as an inevitable outcome of the creative process and something that most clients would be crazy not to buy. Uh, so, uh, so, I, and maybe that's the, that's the confidence that gets clients believing that the ideas are safe. Um, uh, some are for them, some are not for them, but when I, when I, I never go, how am I going to sell this thing? Because i am never, it's it's whenever I'm asked for a recommendation, I, I historically don't do recommendations because uh, uh, everything that I present is something that I'd be willing to make. I think
2: that those two parts, confidence is definitely something that I see. It runs through your feedback. It runs through everything. It's do this. Yeah. You know, it's, it's very rarely, I think, or what if we... Um, it's do this. And then the next text is, I told you to do this.
1: (laughs) Sorry. No, Um, it's it's, it's because I guess to me, as I'm going through the process, if you're, if we're thinking about my brain and, and what goes into me as a computer, the thing that comes out is the inevitable. And so you, you, you have, there may be three or four different Options of the inevitable, but that's a, that's a solution, and that's a solution, and that's a solution, and that's a solution, and you can pick whichever one you want. That's the thing is like, I the, the part of the reason that I never do recommendations is because clients rarely ever take them. Um, never, so it, it's like I can tell you what I'd spend my own money on, but <laughs> I'm not in charge of the budgets, and I'm not the brand manager at blah blah blah. So. Uh, I mean, what what does it matter? Um,
2: it's, I mean, the no recommendation thing and presenting just what you can't do that if you haven't worked in a deep, deeply strategic way up front where all of your work is coming out of the same core thought. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So it's, it's like, it's a bit cumulative. Like you, if you didn't take the time to do the first part, right. The second part is going to be very hard. Yeah
1: and i'm also i i'm also quite uh
3: dogmatic about bucketing like
1: i i don't uh i don't believe that there's necessarily not everything has to be there there can be multiple strategies as well too for yes. for a particular brief and so when when i say bucketing it's like there there may be a couple of creative ideas under one strategy and a couple of creative ideas under another strategy sometimes a uh Sometimes a client doesn't necessarily want to settle on one specific strategy uh, uh, from the outset, and they want to explore a couple of different options. And and so you have to kind of remain uh, nimble and go, this is probably the right way to do it if you want to go this way. And this is probably the right way to do it if you want to go this way. So, um, I
2: know I've asked you a million questions about production covering all aspects of it. And production, I think, is something that even before I knew you and I was a young ad nerd, I had a collection of work that I loved and it had a ton of your stuff in it. It's always been produced excellently. Um, what are your top three rules for producing something? Or one or two. I know that's a difficult question. Like, if I, you
1: have to do these three things or it's going to be wrong. hmm Um... Well, the first one, which no one seems to do, uh, is have an idea of what the thing you want to make is going to turn out like before you go out to people. Have a sense of of, of what the thing is going to look like uh, in its finished state in your mind before you talk to anyone. Um, That's probably the most. That is
2: I you you obviously taught me that and I use that now on every script like I basically read it and I play the movie in my mind and I re-edit it and I shoot it again and again until it works yeah and, and then it, you're like oh, nope it's not good and,
1: and it has to be like <laughs> it has to be like that with everything' it can't, it's not just film it's also uh aesthetically what do I uh want this poster to look like? How do I want this website to make me feel when, when I interact with it? What's the, what's the, what's the, what's the desired outcome? What's the takeaway? Um, even if it's wrong, because then at least you've got a starting point, you've got theory to either prove or disprove. Um, but then uh, relating specifically to film, it also allows you to, to uh, cast uh, a director as well too as as you recall I don't like to uh I don't like to to make directors pitch. I I, I prefer to single bid. I like to to have a or, or or to choose a photographer. Uh in in some rare cases when I when I'm fascinated by a script and I, I manage to sell a, a script or an ad through that 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 I don't really hundred percent know how it's going to turn out then I'll I'll bring in a couple of parties. But I'll still have an idea which is like, what if this was um, more traditionally funny or what if this is uh more serious and then uh, but the the whole notion of going out to three different directors who do the same thing and yeah, you're really you're really using them to figure your own shit out, which is which you shouldn't do. It's lazy it's wrong. and yeah. uh, it's it's rude. Uh, to, the, to the production companies, but it's 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 the way that the industry has worked um, for for well for many years and for many reasons. I mean, uh, another reason that a lot of people do that is because clients won't allow single bids because uh, there's financial implications. There's the belief that a production company will um, uh, their markups will be too high, and they need competition to. Uh, to 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 lower their rates, but if you build a up a strong enough relationship with production companies, um, then they'll uh, bend over backwards to work with you. And, and if they, you have good work, if you have good work, yeah. So I mean that that takes care of itself. with 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 a lot of the 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 clients we work with, they, they'll work with us because they they know we have great relationships with our production partners, and we we have great access to to great talent because people trust us more because we 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 get results.
2: I think also, and I, I, I'm guilty of this. Creatives, a lot of times write the scripts, they sell the scripts. That part is, you're so happy to get through that. And no one's really thought about the script. I mean, it's very easy to sell a client a non-functioning script. Uh, and, and it happens a lot. Um, And this process i found eliminates that, but it it all sort of is very linear, right? If you haven't taken the time to fill your brain with all this stuff, when you're making the movie in your head, it's boring. Sure. And so your brain needs to be filled with all that content and culture to direct the commercial in your head or the poster so that you know exactly how it needs to look and you need to know who to talk to, to make it look that way.
1: But this is exactly why earlier I said, my way is not necessarily the only way. (laughs) And it's it's right for me, um, and it seems to be like a a, a pretty effective way to get a certain standard of workout. But um, yeah, it's not something that everyone can do or wants to do. So, if one is have an idea of what you want, is yeah. there a second? Um. Uh. Treat people as you'd want to be treated yourself. It's it's funny. It's like we get we we take such umbrage with uh with 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 clients treating us like vendors and yet we we do yeah. it to others. And,
3: <laughs>
2: uh, and it's
1: just uh, just don't. <laughs> um,
3: I think
2: a lot, a lot of people don't know you can call a production company you have a relationship with. And say, I need to triple bid on this because of the client. I need a dummy bid. Can you please help me? And that way it doesn't cost them the money of making them bid when they're not going to get it. And you just don't tell them that. Like nothing is worse for that production company than being used as a dummy bid. That's never going to happen.
1: Which happens all the time. All the time. And, and, uh, disappointingly and so frequently in the present uh oftentimes it's it's designed to uh tick a diversity box which is which should not be the case as well too um we should be going to diverse talent because they bring something interesting and original to the process and they meet the end goal right like it's one of my uh biggest irritations at the moment the fact that the uh, time is being wasted. Careers are being ruined um, because of these dummy bids.
2: it's it's a, it it's, it just makes the whole process difficult because it's money that the production companies could be spending on better work. Instead, they're spending it massaging the process 100%. The other thing that you've said, and i and i I think I'll add this to the first one is you do not use treatments. You you don't you don't you read the treatment, obviously, you respect
1: the treatment, but it's not how you make the decision. No. Um uh 'cause most directors don't write their own treatments. So you're making a decision based on the words of someone they brought in to I mean, uh a, a director can have a have a sense of what they want and then uh communicate it in a use someone else to communicate that in a treatment and that's fine, but uh yeah, it's uh, to t- to me a treatment is is uh, a long-winded statement of intent that can be uh, better encapsulated in a uh, uh, in a phone conversation. Another tip that you've
2: given to me that's helped massively is make sure that your editors and your creatives are do not get into the room and start cutting thirties. Like their their goal should not be time; their goal should be story.
1: Yeah, and that's that's the that's the uh, I mean every it's unfailingly throughout my entire career. That's the the one thing that I I still have to keep reminding people of is 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 you're you're telling a story, you're not creating a a 30-second ad. So tell the story first and then fit it into the, the 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 formulas and everyone wants to start with what the paid media is behind thinking that it's irresponsible to start with the longer version but if you, you start with the longest version of your story and then whittle it down to what the paid media is um yeah you'll get a a better product
2: you you know, for me it's helped me have a better because telling a condensed story is a talent right like that that adage of I, i'm sorry i wrote such a long letter i didn't have time to write a short one Yes. That that is to me the, the the spot process. So you start long, and then you can your brain has gone through that process, and you can look at it and say, "Where's the third? Where's the short magic from here?" That it just feels more linear. Um, okay, I'm going to switch gears.
1: Hiring, no, I, I, but no, I'm glad you were, you brought that up because it's it's like you don't write a short story and then expand it into a novel. No, um, never, because that's fucking hard (laughs) like that would be
2: really hard to do but you could take a novel and make it a short story pretty easily because you've got all the pieces exactly one way you're recreating stuff the other you're getting rid of it
1: it's Ah. that it's it's that it's that constant fight between um art and commerce isn't it people uh, it's it's like we we expect art but we treat it like commerce so Um, so true uh, rather than it being a, a a delicate dance between the two of them. Yeah. Switching gears. Yes. Hiring.
2: This is another area that I've texted you a, incessantly about, uh, and maybe not my strongest area, but you are very good at this, which is good, <laughs> so you can help the people. Um, yeah. What is your number, what are your rules
1: of, what are David Kolbitz's cardinal rules of hiring? Um, I mean the, the, as as I uh, I'm going to r- r- return to this this note of caution repeatedly throughout the pro- this is not like this is not um for everyone it's not everyone's rules obviously but what i look for specifically uh are uh, is, is taste and uh, analytical ability um uh so either you have good taste and analytical ability, or you have bad taste and analytical ability, but you can't not have analytical ability. So maybe it's funny. I always say taste is most important, but maybe analytical ability is the most important um, because it, you can have no taste. But as long as you know, you have no taste and you can recognize that and tell me why, then it's kind of okay as well, too. Um, uh, but, yeah, it's, it's usually those those two things that help uh, me personally advance my agency's uh, goals. Uh, at making a specific uh, type of work, and I
2: found since I started looking for taste and then smarts, basically, if you hire someone with taste and without the analytical ability, you're going to have to do more work on the upfront of a project. Yeah. If you hire someone with with really good taste and bad analytics, you're going to be, you know, vice versa. You're doing more work on the execution, more work on the idea. Uh, and
1: it, it it's really a, if you could obviously you want to find someone with both that's the ideal but those creatures are rare um the way i always refer to them is uh as magicians and scientists i'm sure you've heard me say that before but yeah it's it, if you can get the both in one vessel um it's pretty great uh but usually uh most people are either one or the other um and the scientists can work really really hard uh, to get something unique and original, and uh, the magicians uh, will often need a lot of hemming in to get their craziness uh, saleable.
2: Yeah, and you apply this not just to the creative department when you meet people outside of the creative department as well.
1: Yeah, but again, that's very specific to my mission uh, or the mission of whatever agency that I'm 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 charged with uh, leading, uh, yeah, it's, it, uh, but yeah, so it's, it's very personal, but because I just, i cause the thing that I strive for is the most, uh, pleasing creative product on behalf of my clients. Uh, uh, I need everyone charged with helping me make that to understand uh the process and what it is and why it's good and and how we get to a a better result and if it's just a much easier process if everyone understands what's good and what's not and why
2: yeah that that i mean i think it's not said enough how important the rest of the agency is in in terms of selling good work it's nearly impossible to do Without that, the rest of the agency being on the same page and pushing towards the same goal, you, you can put the best creative in the world into the into a machine that isn't built for that, and they're they're not going to be able to do it.
1: Well, the, the the thing that I always say is, if you don't understand what makes the word good, how can you protect it from being bad? Yeah, that's great. Um,
2: I'm writing that one down for me like a text, right. It's
1: easier when I just text it to
2: you. If you don't understand what makes the work great, how can you protect it? Okay, we're switching uh, gears again to put to tee you up for more of these juicy sound bites. Um, something that has plagued me, and maybe because I actually am, is uh, a lot of people use your crazy as a way to, um, you know, maybe... Mo- Maybe I am actually crazy. Maybe they are just merely pointing it out, or they're marginalizing what I do. You know, that's how it's always read to me: is people call you crazy because they don't understand or can't do what you specifically do, and so by calling you crazy,
1: it just sort of makes it something that's not it's, it, it's material and uh, yeah, uh, not to be understood. It's it's sort of um, yeah,
2: because to me you are the least c- crazy. Cre- advertising creative uh, not at all Like I don't think deep- I'm crazy at all deeply strategic incredibly team oriented you know are everything normal <laughs> but <laughs> yes, I'm sure I agree. someone has called you crazy over your career so, sorry what what was the As, I'm sure someone over the course of your career has said David Colbert's is crazy.
1: I mean you get yeah. I mean it's 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 a it's, it's a consistent narrative. Yeah. What are, what are, how do you react to that? How do
2: you handle it? What what are your strategies for that?
1: Oh, uh I mean I still foolishly try and mount a case for the fact that I'm not crazy every time I talk about how deeply strategic I am and I try and sell people on the idea that uh, what I'm doing is not that dangerous or insane or 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 difficult i just uh, apply a, a certain degree of rigor uh to what i do that others don't and um in many cases but uh you know it falls upon deaf ears and so you're you're still perceived as the the wacky one do you think that that's hurt your career or that it's helped it Oh, uh, I mean, it's probably helped it, right? I mean, it's 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 made me seem uh, well. It's hurt and helped. It's 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 made me seem uh, rarefied, I suppose. But it's also um, pigeonholed me a little bit. Uh, and occasionally, I'll try and do something more normal to try and uh, intentionally to, to 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 demonstrate that I can. Like, occasionally, I'll <laughs> <laughs> like a big, like dig a hole. Like, what are you doing? No, no, you know, like, I'll I'll try and create work that is overly responsible. No, with to... work. I thought you meant you were like personally. You were like, no. oh, no, no, no. <laughs> it, uh, no, just pr- pr- professionally. Occasionally, I'll be like, see, I can do it.
2: Uh... <laughs> how important, and this bridges that question having a persona, a brand as a creative person, how important is this? I think. You know, you've got people that wear shirts with things on it and there are people that do it in the industry. Is it something valuable to a young creative to think about their
1: personal brand? Uh, If you're not very good. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, usually the people who have personal brands and and who are very, very good at at, at, uh, selling themselves are, are less good at doing it on behalf of others, aren't they? they and, and it's a time thing right obviously I've thought about
2: this a lot they how could they have the time well, yeah. because it takes so much time to put into an appearance and a brand and all that it also takes so much time to do work
1: like this if you're listening to a polished speaker talk about creativity or craft or 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 and it feels very exactly very 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 rehearsed and then usually they're better at talking about it than doing it
2: yeah or someone else is doing
1: it or someone else is doing it And the work usually proves it out so not important uh no it's it's important if you're not very good at it important if you're not good it, it, it's 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 sure. the it's it's that thing it's like if you want to be uh well regarded and uh climb the advertising food chain but you're not very good then uh or not particularly creative then yes you should probably uh a lot more of your time into uh, cultivating a, a, a persona, which can then sell uh, uh, the power of creativity to others to convince them that you're better than you actually are. It's,
3: it's which is dangerous.
1: valid. I don't like it, like, funnily enough, like, I, again, going back to the there's no one way to do this. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean,
2: all right, I'm teeing you up for another another quick soundbite here for yeah. the for the people. Um, do you do you, did you what is the single most important thing you learned in your time working with uh, David with Droga? Oh, uh, uh, I, I'm. That's not
3: me
1: searching for a thing that's trying that's me sifting my it's, uh, we, we're gonna we're gonna edit that out don't worry oh no i mean it's it's fine it's uh there, there are a lot of things i think um
3: i think uh just that that there's a lot
1: of different types of creativity and there's no one right way to do this and uh you have to give people the space to uh, to figure out their own
3: voice and uh, and just let them be them Switching gears
1: there were so many different <laughs> wonderful things. like he's very good at his job, that guy he is very good. He also and
2: I never worked there, but he makes everyone feel important around him. He's That's- very good. That thing that that um, powerful people do, where they feel the smallest in the room, even though they're the biggest.
1: Yeah, that's a great thing that he does as well too. Like I said, there's so many things that that he does, but yeah, it's yeah, he's very good at humbling himself.
2: Yeah, he's really good at it. I mean, obviously, he's good at everything. (laughs) He's been very successful,
1: but it's not disingenuous because like he he does have like even he has. Feelings of insecurity, even though he's an enormously confident individual. Um, and that's, that's
2: human and lovely. It, it, this is not, I'm not being interviewed, obviously, but I went and talked to one of my big mentors and hearing that he had really hard days where he stayed in the car and didn't go into the agency. Um, it made, changed everything for me. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Why do you think you've been so successful? If you could attribute it to one thing.
3: Tenacity.
1: You outworked everyone else. Uh, Well, I mean, you just get kicked so many times uh, in this job. All, like st- like, and every time it, you just have to be so resilient. Uh, yeah like so much of like ninety percent of the job is is rejection. And uh if you just uh even though I, I can be uh misanthropic at times, I think I'm generally quite an optimist. And I think it's that optimism and that indomitable spirit and the belief that everything's gonna be okay, even when it's clearly not, um uh just carries me through. And uh and I think that's it's it's yeah, I'm uh tenacious or indefatigable i think delusional optimism is definitely um a key
2: component of being a good advertising worker delusional
1: optimism absolutely
2: you, you being optimistic in the it, when you have no reason to be being positive when you have every right to be negative and you know pushing when you have every reason to stop is essentially the heart and soul of advertising
1: <laughs> And you can measure the success and failure of, of of anyone in the industry based on that, really. And that's cross that's cross discipline. That's cross uh, even when you're talking about creatives. I mean, we've, we've uh, I've spoken uh, ad nauseum about the fact that there are so many different types of creativity and so many different types of creative people, from the highly creative to the to the to the show people. Who? Uh, but uh, the, the one thing across the board that's true of anyone who does our job. Is uh, the the successful ones are tenacious, and the 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 pessimists always drop off, don't they? What what would you say
2: besides that to an incoming young creative in a in an advertising world at present that looks very different than it did ten years ago, and it, and it appears to look different tomorrow than today.
1: Uh, i just say it uh, you're just part of another generation of uh of 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 everything being miserable and everything dying and it's it's the classic rock and roll is dead rock and roll is never dead it just moves around it's the our industry is uh is not dying it's changing and there'll always be something a, a new way to uh to 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 be creative within our industry and that's just going to uh it's just going to move around a little what do you think they should do practically? Should they,
2: what should they study? What should they take in? What are the best things someone can do preparing
1: for a creative career that might be graduating in a year or two? I just still think the core tenets are key, which is how to strategy, how to come up with an idea, how to write, how to art direct, um, uh, how to communicate. Um uh, Yeah. And I think
2: those are the things that are not being taught. At least I learned all of those things on the job, like most of us probably did. I things moved so much slower, and that
1: I, 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 got, I learned a lot of those in school. I learned a lot of those in my my year long program. And I think the, I I mean I I it's 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 actually incumbent upon me now to revisit some of the ad programs and see how they're doing. But there was a period of time where they were just uh, teaching what was fashionable um, yeah. at the award shows. And I think that set a couple of generations of talent back. And I think if they, uh, if they were to return to, and they may, may be doing this, returning to the core tenets instead of helping um, kids create fake case study videos for things that never happened.
2: Yeah,
1: exactly. Uh, back, but, back to but, print ads. Yeah well or it doesn't have to be print it can be uh if you if you're teaching people how to uh, to create an online experience make sure that the writing is sharp and that the idea is clear and that or if it's something experiential make make sure it's it you show the thinking rather than just the the razzle dazzle
2: Yeah I always go back to out of home and I teach people based on an out of home ad because it's everything boiled down to the minimum if you can do that, you can do anything. For sure. Uh, okay, I've got a few more um, questions that'll lead us into different places. And uh-huh. then we have some some roundup here. Uh-huh. You have spoken a lot also, and I think this is more helpful for maybe the older people. The way that you work with partners, the way you work with strategy and account and all that is different uh, than other people that I have heard, can you talk about your process for working together with people in an agency?
1: I work together with people in an agency. <laughs> it's it's kind of that simple. Most people silo, and most people have. Uh, uh, it's it's more of a baton toss, but I believe it more in uh, in having a uh, a couple of people in the room with a clear and and, and distinct point of view or a sense of uh, the direction they want. Um, people to head and then uh but just yeah it's it's i don't really understand the idea of of, uh the point of having creative reviews without strategists and account people because uh uh the, the strategists and account people that 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 i employ are uh very clever and uh and have strong analytical ability and taste and and their perspectives are uh essential to 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 making the work Better. And producers, uh, a great producer's brain and a creative review can uh, uh, save you a, a ton of time figuring out what's going to be possible. There's no point in in in, in burning hours creating uh, creating scripts for for films that are uh, unfilmable with the the, the budget. Um,
2: and all of that, I think, again, comes down to if you apply the David Colbitt's method of hiring. You are surrounded by people that have great taste and are analytically very smart and they all understand good work. Yes. You can have a team of people that are all pointed in the same direction, which I believe is easier said than done. I, I think that's a great accomplishment to build that.
1: It, it, yeah, and it takes time. That's why we hire as, as slow as we do, um, because we're very particular who we, who, who, we, who we bring into the organism, who we bring into the organism. Um, but yeah, it's uh, uh, yeah. If you trust the people around you, then you can get to better work faster. But you, you need to, to yeah, you need to. I understand that there's no point in having people who 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 aren't contributing uh, in a meeting. I just try uh, and avoid that at the start. Why yeah, not? I think
2: silos come when you have people that are not on the same page or people that aren't on the same don't have the same level of ability and you know people people are good people are generally good and I think they cut people out when they feel like they don't have a choice Um, I'm going to ask three questions that Omid always asks at the end Yes, I like these questions also I think they're pretty good Um, what ad buzzword do you hate the most
1: or topic or, or anything uh optimizing edits <laughs> because it's never optimizing i i, I just I hate disingenuous language and especially uh th- things that are that are uh, are are used to describe a positive when they're clearly a negative <laughs> when, when, when clients are are making your work worse the fact that they're calling it optimizing drives me crazy <laughs> and i always correct them i'm like we're not optimizing we're de-optimizing. We're, 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 we're actually going to, this is what it's going to do to your work. And that's not better. I understand that you have to do it because of this, or because this person told you to, but let's not call it optimizing because that's not what it is. Um. What is the most messed
3: up client response that you've ever gotten to something? Uh,
2: I guess funniest also or strangest or most interesting or it's all fair game
1: there, there was a there was a there was a campaign that I oh I actually got shelved in my early days of droga so uh, one of the uh, the the when I when I uh, came into to 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 droga uh Europe and, and and we transformed it into droga London um there were there were uh, a lot of clients already in place um and the my remit was to, to make the work better. And uh so but you you go in optimistic, huh? See? Um uh a little callback there. Thinking, delusional
2: optimistic.
1: Delusional optimism, thinking that you can make good work with any of these people. Um and 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 I think the the whole idea was we were gonna try with every client in the building. And there was one of them uh we shot a campaign for. Oh, it was actually heartbreaking. Because it was a a junior client who was very, very good, very, very good, and bought this campaign, and we made it and finished it. And then we took it to to his boss to show him, and uh, the boss uh, acted like uh, they were insulted by the work, and they said that it wasn't funny, when clearly it obviously was, and everyone else in the room thought it was. And, uh, and he was the only one and he shelved the campaign. And it, it actually, uh, it really, it really, the, the reason why I'm thinking it was uh, messed up, you asked me about the most messed up thing is because, uh, I mean, like, again, like I, I take a knock, I move on, it's fine. But what really bothered me about that is uh, someone, had, a really good client with a really smart brain and really good taste had taken a chance and made something great. And they were being smacked down for it and what is the likelihood that they're going to put themselves out there and and buy that great work again Buy work that they instinctively feel is great uh, because they're worried about their job now they're worried about what this complete jerk uh (laughs) above them uh with no taste thinks and they're letting that guide their process and and that's how that's how terrible clients are made and it's sad because not everyone starts off as a terrible client; they learn those bad, bad habits from talentless people. And it's true on the agency side as well. I think um, we,
2: you can learn bad habits on the agency side that stay with you and make it difficult for you to bring those clients good work. It's I, I always think it's always it's never the client's fault. It's always I, I think a lot of clients would buy better work if it was shown to them. More consistently. I'm I'm off tangent here.
1: No, no, no. That's okay. I'm just all these alarms are going off on my computer, and I'm just hyper conscious of the fact that they might be affecting the sound. So, I
2: I wonder. There's no alarms on the uh, on the. We're all good. Right, Can't hear. Right. I might know the answer to this next question. It might be a shared answer. It might not. Um, What is the idea, one idea, or maybe it's the thing you just said that got away, that didn't see the light of day or didn't get bought? Something you think about all the time. Oh, uh,
3: oh. What do you think my
1: answer is going to be?
2: Well, I mean, it's not totally dead yet, but I would say um, our shared project, our shared. Oh, oh. That. Our shared cameo project. Right, right. that's
1: interesting.
2: <laughs> so much less meaningful to you than
1: me no i think I think the thing is it's just it's that uh, it's interesting. It's like It's a question you get asked a lot generally in our industry, and so i always i've I've always had a prepared answer because it gets asked a lot, and historically it's always been. There was a, a Denny's campaign that I kind of, but that's that's sort of like my lighthouse of an answer that I go to because it's easy. The reality is, uh, back to the, the 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 delusional optimism. You forget, as evidenced by the fact that that very important project that we completed but has not seen the light of day. Yeah, is and it's not dead. So it's maybe not but applicable. applicable but i but like it doesn't even occur to me as 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 uh something disappointing in my historical uh uh career uh, the the creative because because it's just there's so many of them aren't there there's so many near misses so many things like so you can you, you can give a rehearsed answer but really the i think the 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 thing is that there, i'm i'm blessed for the career that i've had I'm thrilled with the work that I've been uh, privileged to produce. And um, I guess I just don't stare off into the middle distance thinking of the things that I wish that I could have done when I'm so grateful for all the things that I have done. Well, that is a
2: really lovely answer. Genuinely. Right. Uh, is there anything that you would like to say? I think before we got on, um, Omid gave us, really great direction of this is like a coffee with a younger, more aspiring, creative, those people that reach out to you all the time. Is there something that you'd like to say that you think would be incredibly helpful?
1: Uh... The short answer is no, <laughs> um, because I think, no, because everyone is so individual and everyone's needs are so individual. And I think the funny thing is it's like, uh, this is, this is why it's like self-help books are always kind of interesting to me because uh, any, 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 any book or any piece of advice is not uh, applicable to everyone. Uh, everyone has individual needs. Every creative person, there are different types of creative people. There are different types of non-creative people and they, they all have different needs and interests and, um, I think that the best that you can do is is to 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 say the things that you believe and hope they uh, positively impact uh as many people as possible but I don't think there's going to be one pearl of wisdom that I can just put out there uh that's going to uh it's going to uh transform anyone's fortunes um it's it's kind of an individual thing so you've been a great uh, uh host uh picking through uh my my uh, the 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 details of my my career and my my inner workings and how i do things and if someone's found something valuable uh in amongst that um mess and great i think that i mean that the i think you've said it like
2: the tenacity is the culbitt's way is to never stop it's you know people talk about oh as you get older you you lose relevance as a creative. It's absolutely not true. You you probably stop working as hard, filling your brain, doing all the things that are easier when you're younger. And you know you're. I would put you against at any twenty year old in terms of energy input, output, all of it. It, it. It's not an age thing at all. It's a it's the way a person is built.
1: I, I mean, that's probably fair. And thank you for the compliment. But yeah, no, it's, it's just just. Uh, but it's, it, yeah, it, it's, it's either within you or it isn't. And, uh, and not everyone has to have my career to be a success. Obviously there's many different ways to do it. And, uh, and just, so uh, I, I guess maybe that's the, a good piece of advice is don't try and be something that you're not. I mean, it's God, what a. And obvious, everyone's given that piece of advice. but no, if focus on the things that make you special and the thing that drive the things that drive you and do that and stop trying to be this this to fill this hole, this idealized shape, um and you'll probably is,
2: but you know the, the the most unique thing you have is yourself is obviously a platitude, but maybe the most important thing that someone could take away is that that is their superpower. And yeah. the sooner you figure out like who you are, and you can do that on purpose, the the better off you're going to be, no matter if it's advertising or anything.
1: Be the most you that you can be. That's actually like a really good thing because uh, I'm glad we workshopped this. Um, no, because it's one of the, and one of the things that I'll, I'll frequently tell creatives is uh, younger creatives especially is they'll try and replicate the things that they love, even if it's inorganic to their character. I mean there there was a uh, there was a a period of time where everyone wanted to, especially in the in the in the British advertising industry, where I spent a, a large part of my career who just wanted to make um uh, uh, skittles and Starburst and old spice type advertising, even though they were ill-equipped to do that. It was just it jarred, even though it was the stuff that they enjoyed consuming. It wasn't what. They did the best. There's one team in particular that I'm thinking of. And if they're watching this, which they may or may not be, they may have heard enough of me over their careers. They'll know who they are. Um, uh, But lots of teams, lots of British teams suffered from this, Um, but there was one in particular, but yeah. And, and uh, they they really took flight and did much, much better work when they made things that, that, that were uh, true to themselves and true to the type of uh, creatives that they were and the type of, thinking that manifests in their brains.
2: I think that, you know, it's hard to take that away, right, as a as a listener because it's so broad. But every single person as a creative or non-creative has something incredibly special about them that no one else has. And the sooner they capitalize on that, the, the more
1: complete they'll be you always you, it's like you should be able to look at a person's career and uh, even if the work is 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 different from client to client you should be able to identify like like with an artist like with a musician like with anyone there's there's if it's your voice that will show in the work and uh i mean it's the it's the it's when when people ask me if someone is uh, truly creative or whether they're like uh, someone who does a lot of um speaking engagements uh, over work uh, the, I, I I will always say just look at their their historical career and 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 see how uh, see if there's a connective tissue between all of the things that they've done and if there is then they're probably responsible for some of it and if if they're not, then they're probably very adept at positioning themselves in the right place at the right time to receive credit. yeah very important to figure that out. <laughs>
2: before before you back. hire Very important to use the David Colbert's rules of hiring in that
1: moment if you are talking to that person <laughs> to figure out which one they are. Yeah. If a, per- a person's body of work, if you can't find the connection between one thing to the next, chances are you probably shouldn't hire them.
2: That, I mean, that is, a, I feel like great advice is that if, because the industry works like this, right? Someone does some good piece of work and then they run and get hired. But, you know, if, if someone has, a few projects that are all good, but very different or versus a few projects that are right for the brand, very different, but have a consistent thread. I mean, that, you know, we're all looking for that, right? That it, yeah. And young people today, I find, and I don't know if you find this too, I don't think they realize as much as we did that they, that you're still trying to say something for yourself also. For sure. You're saying something on behalf of the brand, and that's obviously the most important thing, but you're also involved.
1: Yeah. Well, you can't help it. Um, You always see the artist's hand. It just always takes a little while. You need a a body of work to kind of make the connections.
3: I I don't know if
2: lead comes back to end this, but I feel like we're at a good point.
0: I typically don't. This is just where you guys would maybe say one nice thing about each other and then just say goodbye. Oh, okay. Paul, would nah. you like to say something nice to David? You've said a lot uh, of nice things to David. David, would you like to say something nice to Paul?
1: Uh, we could fill another hour with if, if the, you, if, the thing, if the if the shoot, if the roles were reversed, I, I'd be interrogating Paul and getting uh, saying wonderful things about Paul. He's he's uh, unbelievably he's whip smart. He's uh, he's prescient. I, um, he's, uh, one of the funniest guys I know, and I'm, uh, I treasure him as a friend. He is a, he, he can be, he's a shoulder to cry on, but he's also light relief, um, when you need it. And it's lovely to have him at the other end of the phone. And thank you, Paul, for your ongoing friendship and you're an enormously talented individual. And, uh, yeah, that's that.
2: Nothing makes me more uncomfortable than this sort of exchange. Um, so thank you uh, a lot. It means a lot to me. That's and true. hopefully, my deep respect and admiration came through through these questions.
1: It, it really, really did. It was, it was. I was actually. I know it's. Uh, it's become a LinkedIn trope, but I'm actually humbled by this past hour. So
2: you could also be chuffed. I think you spent enough time in the UK to be chuffed.
1: I. 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 I never tiptoe into the chuffage.
0: <laughs> and on chuffage, I. I. I bid you both adieu. Well done, boys. Thank you, Amir. Thank, Thank you, now. David. Bye. All right. Thank you to my buddy, Paul. Thank you to the great David Kolbitz. And as always, if you've made it this far in the podcast, it means you enjoy it. If you enjoy it, please share it with a colleague or friend. Subscribe, rate, review. And until we talk again, peace. Let them clap for show. Let it wrap your
3: resistance, make trap unknowns. Release for your heart, speak, ballast flowing.